Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who are up to their ears and kneecaps, Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 398. I'm here. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, this is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I'm your dashing host, Chris, and I'm just confused by my stunning, gorgeous co-host, Andy Sandman. How are you doing, brother? Here to please. Here to please. It's hard to call your brother. I, I have to say <laughs> <laughs> neck up, neck up, face in the pillow, and you're everything I ever wanted. <laughs> All right, sorry for those who are listening. Uh, yeah, Sandman's back to his his, his wicked ways. <laughs> Broken camera still, but a slacker. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a good one. I'm gonna come back with like a three thousand dollar DLS DLS CR or whatever they're called. You're going to see all the pores on my face <laughs> stuff. You guys didn't want to see way worse than this photo. Well, I'll guarantee that well, way worse. We'll come up with a way to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got a good show today. We got to talk about 2024 NFL draft. Could it come close to home for the Lions fans? Uh, we're going to talk to Jeff Risden just because he's his face is his comparatively ugly face isn't on the screen. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Uh, doesn't mean we won't talk to him. He will be coming to us from the 2020 NFL Combine. Um, Andy's here, and he's going to make a great, great case. And this is something that I, I, I love, and, and you'll see more of on the channel. Um, not just from Andy, but from others as well. The the kind of give us a different voice, give us a different. <laughs> different take, give us um, your way of thinking about things, and uh, he's. He's got this why not Kyle Hamilton, and I am so in on it because I'm, I'm in on Kyle and having this kind of sense of uh, opportunity here, a different perspective is, is going to be good for, I think, all of us. So that's awesome. Um, got some new killer content. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. A great show lined up. Andy, you ready to go, my man? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. Oh my goodness, Andy, you are. <laughs> we got a, uh, what would we have? Uh, Rob Swift. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. <laughs> front to front hug or? Uh, anyway, anyway, you can get it. We can do, we can do them all, right? <laughs> Just, it's. <laughs> I've never done a back to back hug. And we can give that a go. I'll, I'll, I'd give it a go at this point. <laughs> all right, let's get into it. I got to do, I got to do a quick personal thing. First and foremost, I have to congratulate my. Smarter than the average bear son. Um, he is accepted to the University of Florida, which is a first choice school. He will be a Florida Gator uh, following in the footsteps of Lomas Brown. Uh, <laughs> a little bit different, a little bit of a different way of attacking school. But um, for those who don't know, I'll tell you a little something about Florida. You know, you talk, you laugh, ha, 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 Florida, Florida man and all that. Having being a transplant here, there's something that we've got that you all wish you had. And they call it Bright, Bright Futures. And uh, the idea is that, you know, in Michigan, when I was there and in California, when I was there, they said, oh, we the lottery, it has to be legal because we're going to take the money and we're going to put it into education. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, good idea. Clap, 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 clap. And it doesn't seem like anything changed. Right. In Florida, they said that 
and they have something called Bright Futures, which they use to pay, you know, if you have a certain grade point, certain SAT score and uh, do a certain amount of community service, they pay for all of your tuition and books for free. So the boy is actually he's chosen to stay in Florida to do the free route because he wants to go to med school. And he said, you can pay for my med school. Dad. So there you go. He he's not a dummy. <laughs> not but a what dummy. a great kid. You know, yeah. that's that's actually that's really great. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah. Where is he going to go? What does he want to do? You know, it's it's amazing that it's finally here and that it's all coming. The, the plan is coming together. He's a great kid. He's he's just a great kid. Smarter than than I ever was at many years older than his age. He's he's done well. So congrats, boy. We're all proud of you. And I've even got a little gator mug. You can't really tell so much right there already. Um, I'll have some gators gear around just because I got it. Um, all right. Oh, just really quick. The acceptance rate was so crazy. They're, they're like the fifth ranked public college university in the nation. Um, their acceptance rate was the same as U of M's in 2017 this year. It's nuts. Really? It's, yeah, it's it's gotten more and more competitive. So we'll see. Go Gators. We'll do our thing. All right, let's get into football. Thanks for indulging me for a moment, everybody. I appreciate you doing that. Let's talk about the 2024 NFL draft. Buddy, you know what it means. They're talking about it could be, not only could it be in Detroit, Detroit's a front runner. You know, this has been talked about for a long time. I don't know... If standard, you know, I don't want to say standard fan, but people that aren't around aren't very aware of how long this has been attempted. When Rod Wood was brought on board so many years ago now at this point, one of his initial goals that he talked about was getting the city of Detroit more involved with the NFL. He didn't want to get one Super Bowl because we had a new stadium that the NFL was almost obligated to give us. He wanted to be more involved all the time that drafts uh, he wanted the pro bowl to maybe come here if they were going to start doing a rotation. And this is all stuff that he talked about and really, you know, props to Rod Wood. If, if the lions end up getting the draft, you know, this has been a long time coming and honestly, how fantastic would it be to have the draft here? It'd be such a, it's going to be a really, really rowdy, Rowdy draft <laughs> for good or for bad. I, you know, it kind of is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we will do something, Sam, and we will put something together for this draft. This is the, either a pre-draft party. I don't know. Maybe we'll do radio row. It was the thing we do. We'll, we'll work this out. This draft will be a good time. I hope it comes to Detroit. I, I hope to hope to hope to, it comes to Detroit. I love these kind of things. A lot of people travel for the draft does a lot of a good for the, uh, for travel and movement within the, um, Within the uh, the uh, the city, uh, a lot of income raised and generated run the restaurants and hotels and all that stuff. And as a guy whose state has no state income taxes, thanks to all the the Disney hotels and so on, um, that kind of that kind of movement helps helps the city out. And uh, I would love love to come to Detroit and 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 ha- do the draft. That just seems like it would be kind of a one of the it's one of those kind of stake in the ground kind of moments. You know what I mean? That would be uh, very very good stuff. Oh, for sure. Uh, all right. Have to say, Ryan, thank you, sir, for the super chat. Defend your positional value, Sandman. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Hashtag give me Hamilton. Oh, oh it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Um, and we got, oh, Trip Wag. Uh, went to Cleveland last year for the draft, and it was unreal. Yeah, I wanted to go so bad. And I wanted to go this year to Vegas, but we're sticking hard to this show. We're sticking hard to do your draft party live from the local studios. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man are you winning the draft this year sam man we had talked about it and my brain is like frozen what was that again i'm sorry are you in for the draft party this year oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'll be around Love it. i don't i don't know if i'll be able to uh you know top our to year where uh we sat around for 20 minutes trying to number one figure out how to say his name number two figure out who he was and number three, make sure that we didn't have a joke feed. <laughs> Where's <laughs> he's touching me there again? He's touching me right in my fandom. <laughs> I need to move forward. I can't. <laughs> I can't keep coming back. Oh my goodness! It's too painful. It's too yeah. painful. Well, we'll be here. We'll have our draft party. It will rock. It will roll, and uh, we'll do a lot of a lot of really good stuff with it. Uh, Lionore, the hopeful one of our members. Thank you for joining. Uh, let's see. I'm a couple minutes behind, but congrats to you and your son on University of Florida. My daughter got in too, but is choosing FSU. A little sad since I'm a Gator, but still proud of my soon-to-be Noel. Yeah, you know, there's no shame in 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 Florida State. Florida State's acceptance rate was crazy. That 74,000 people apply, and only 15,000 admitted. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> My son applied there too. That was his his backup school. We we visited both um b- both uh, campuses. They're gorgeous. Um, Florida. It was just one he felt that it really really kind of fit where he was at. But he he got the you, the FSU one too. So d- d- don't be don't be ashamed or don't be sad. It's a, it's a great great campus, Leonore. And thank you for the super chat. All right, Knowles. You never know what's going to happen. They you know with the new the new coach in Florida it could change all the football. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, Drake London. I want to talk about Drake Ooh. London for a second, if you don't mind. Um, Drake London said he's encouraged by how much Amon Ross St. Brown has thrived since leaving USC and, of course, would love to reunite with him in Detroit. When it was asked if he was surprised by uh, St. Brown's record-breaking season, he said, no, that's a sun god right there. Drake London, I know <laughs> I know it gives you some tingles in the in all the right spots there, Andy. Oh, that's you know, honestly, if Drake London somehow made it his way down to the 32nd pick, I would I would run up to the podium to take him. Not only is he a fantastic player and by all accounts a fantastic person and human being, uh, he fits one of the Lions' biggest needs and would do so with a teammate where we can start with some chemistry where, you know, and I, I feel that I feel strongly about situations like that. I felt that way about the Aquara brothers yeah. when Julian came in um, that there's something to be said about being held accountable by somebody that you hold dear to your heart. So when you, when you're Drake London and you come into the lions and Amon Ra is showing you the ropes and he's catching his 300, jugs balls a day at the end of practice, you know, are you really going to skip out on that? Are you not going to study? You're going to make Amon Ra look bad when he told everybody how awesome you were coming in. I don't think so. You say jugs. It means so much more with you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's it. You're absolutely right. There's, there's, there's that sense. I mean, you think of uh, chase and burrow, right? That, that, that connection that they had and people talked about that. Where do they go? Right. They, they made it all the way to the big the big one. Um, there's something about that, that kind of connection between guys like that. I, I love the Drake London idea. I, now, it kind of breaks my my Kyle Hamilton argument a little bit, but we'll get it. We'll get it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Okay, so Drake London uh, potentially in Detroit. We'll see how uh, how it plays out. Um, moving on from Drake, and and we'll talk about individual players. We have some really really good stuff coming for for you guys on all that. So be ready for that. Um, the Lions Den episode one, where the Lions uh, covered the Senior Bowl, and they released it on the, was it two days ago on their YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, it was like thirty minutes long. What an absolutely Awesome. I mean, awesome coverage of the Senior Bowl. It captured the feel of Mobile, well, well, of being there and, and, and kind of the vibe of everything going on. It was really, really well done. The Lions media team is is top shelf, bro. They are Ugh, top shelf. The best. You know, and we've talked about it in the past that I have friends that, you know, are in and around the NFL in, you know, similar capacities. And Everybody raves. The Lions team is tops. They just are. And part of it is that the team itself is good. And let's not take anything away from them. But the real difference is that ownership and the front office is willing to let that information out. A lot of teams will literally go. They'll wait for their guys to come up with the video. They'll watch the video and say, hey, you need to cut about 80 percent of this up. It has information we don't want out. And it could be as simple as a, a short play that you can't even tell what the play is, but they just don't want that information out. The Lions do such a fantastic job of understanding what's required for fans to be fans of your team. You have to show them things. You have to make them feel like they're there and that they're a part and that, you know, it's not a us first them that we have to hide things. It really, they did a fantastic job. And uh, honestly, there was information in there that I thought, is this too much? <laughs> you know, that was, I was thinking that too, as I was watching it. And I started thinking about, you know, like, uh, what was it? Oh, the, uh, what did they say? The six, four player. That was the one that, that stood out. Uh, was a defensive lineman, a defensive player. I forget. Yeah. Yeah. And something about, you know, like, Oh, we really like how this linebacker runs downhill. And it's kind of like, okay. How many <laughs> now, you can deduce, I feel like what the, who they're talking about. And maybe, you know, I don't know. There's always the opportunity for them to uh, fib a little, maybe about some feelings or whatever there, but at the same time, it's, it's exciting. You know, and we, I kind of felt the same way about all of Dan Campbell's pressers. Yeah. He, he released a lot of detailed information about the undergoings of what's happening. Uh, just, by talking just by being Dan. Yeah. And I, that's kind of continued. So I'm excited. I think the series overall is going to be a blast this year. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, and one of the things I think that they did, and this is something I think, look again, these guys are no dummies and gals. They are no dummies and watching them work. They were absolute professionals at, at senior bowl, the way they set up the way they, I mean, from end to end running the show, they were just fantastic. Um, loved what I saw from them. They know what they're doing. Um, I think a lot of those edits and, and as I watched it, it, it hit me that they're giving away a lot of information. And then I was looking where they were editing in between a few of the, uh, the, the, the statements about, uh, you know, Hey, I've never seen an offensive guy like that. And then they would click or uh, cut to something else. Yeah. Six, four, da, 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 click, cut over to something else. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I really love him. That's somebody I would love to take. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. These could be completely different 
players they're talking about edited together in a sequence Mm -hmm. to give the wrong impression. And I really imagine that that's kind of how it worked. I, 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 I say, go take a look again, because I think as I was looking at, I'm like, well, they could be, it could be that kind of inside info, but they're not, this, that's not the kind of information, you know, organization they are, especially like Dorsey, right? And some of the stuff he was saying, I just don't believe that he would let that kind of stuff roll out. And he's he seems just the kind of schemer that would use that sort of thing as a misinformation <laughs> <and> operation. <laughs> Big time schemer, that Dorsey. Yeah, no, he. Yeah, I mean, they were even talking about free agency in 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 there and saying like, well, I like this guy when he first came out, you know, this guy, we really like him. One of the things they said that caught me the most off guard now that I'm thinking about it was they were like, well, he's going to be 29 at the start of the season. I'd really like to get him in here and, and see what he can do. And like, I think it was pretty clear they were talking about a safety and that kind of narrows some things down a little bit, but like you said, a little bit of scheme in here and there, never hurt anybody. And they knew the cameras were in there. They're not, you, they're not dumb. Yeah, they know yeah, what's yeah. happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Schemey level stuff. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so we got that going on. The um, Lions Den. Great episode. Great ep- representation. Um, really good stuff here. Um, yeah, those years. This is from Don H. Well said, Sam. In those years of complete lockdown nonsense under Patricia, which chased away the fans that hadn't already left because of the abysmal play. Sorry, I said that word, but absolutely right. That was that mm-hmm. was some 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 crazy times with no information except the the bad look on the scoreboard week after week after week. Draft video twelve out of ten. Absolutely, Ben Johnson. He looks like the man. Uh, we got Game Day Express. Dan and Brad Holmes are great speakers. Handle questions well. Absolutely, hundred percent. Love that. Love that. Um, yes, uh, Dominic. The Inside the Den special highlighted a new offensive coordinator. Got me excited about the future of this team. I'm telling you guys, Ben Johnson is a superstar in the making. It's going to be hard to hold on. It's going to be hard to hold on. But it's it's the nature of you know getting good guys, I guess. Yeah. And like Don H just said, you know, does anybody besides me believe that the teams in the NFL are sophisticated enough in general to kind of already know how other teams are going to operate and to some degree and uh, that a simple statement may not be problematic? I think that that's 100 percent true. I think most teams are drafting their own draft anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't think that the Chicago Bears are ever going to look and say, Oh, well, we want this guy in round four, but the Lions might take him in round three. We should take him around earlier than we were planning. No. I don't think that that's ever the case. Unless I think Pace that, was still there. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, with that knowledge, there might be some trade ups or some movement. But I think you're right. I, I don't know how much information is actually gleaned, mm-hmm. but that still doesn't stop it from being a surprise just just because nobody's done it right i guess i don't watch other teams product that much but it was a lot of info yeah it was a lot of info in in the case of football you want to get high in your own supply for sure (laughs) (laughs) um cbd at detroit lions podcast (laughs) i gotta remember that Uh, yeah, so that's um, really good stuff. Love it. Um, Brandon, Chris, it looks like your philosophy that you've been speaking about is really the truth when it comes to training coaching staff to higher positions, whether here or elsewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 getting rid of the pieces that don't fit. Right. Um, Anthony Lynn, I think they handle it masterfully. Uh, straight up, the, the, the way he departed and still talks about the team was done. Very, very, very good stuff. Very, yep. very good stuff. 
And it was, uh, it was surprising too. Like, you know, you don't have to, you can just say, Hey, I'm at my new team. I don't really have anything to say about the lions. You know, if you guys want to talk to me about being on the 49ers now, I'd love to talk to you about that. That's not what he did. He was like excited to tell people about how he felt about his time here, even though it didn't go the way that I think anybody hoped or planned. uh, I think it kind of shows the integrity of the staff as a whole and, you know, what Dan Campbell actually brings as a leader. I think something like that is also an important. When has anyone, when has anyone ever been relieved of duty and talked great about their boss afterwards? (laughs) (laughs) It's never happens, right? It's, it's crazy. Uh, So that was, that was good. I know some of the stuff behind the scenes there. Um, It was handled well publicly. And I think they all knew that that's what they want. Every, it was in everyone's best interest to do that. I know behind the scenes there was some some grinding and stuff going on. Um, the other guy that very quietly left that um, wasn't reported a whole lot on. That's that's one. That one's kind of interesting. Some, there's some, some talk about some talk that was going on between some teams. So um, that one was a good move. And it was instead of. You know, one that's as, as public as Anthony Lynn, that one was very quietly handled behind the scenes. And, you know, when something like that happens, <laughs> that that wasn't a good scene. It just, yep, it's done. No comment. Moving on. Right. And there you go. Yep. So let's see. Um, let's Loretto. I want to say thank you so much for the super chat. Do you think there's a silent agreements before the draft? I I think that's very, you know, potentially possible. There, if you go to the Eli Manning to the. um to the uh, chargers piece. Right. <laughs> um, there, there was an agreement. It was, it, they, they wanted to keep it silent, I think, but they couldn't because Archie had, uh, had some verbal, he'd verbalized some thoughts out loud. Uh, <laughs> he said the quiet part loud, but I think absolutely there's some, there's some, some conversations that are going on. It's interesting when they, you know, there was, Oh God, what were we talking about with tampering? Um, the, the the Tom Brady trade, that was it, uh, that broke yep. during the Senior Bowl. This is something, that one got tamped down really quick. And this is where I think the whole, the silent agreements piece and some of the things that happened might be a little crazy or shady in the NFL. There was talk, you know, Tom Brady, they had a conversation with Ross on the boat ahead of time. Oh, my God, that's tampering, right? Well, I got I to gotta say, if you're quarterback happens quote unquote to be in Cabo talking to the coach of the team that he eventually <laughs> trades to could that be called tampering too yeah and, and Kyle Shanahan was also there mm-hmm. wink wink nudge nudge yeah and then Glazer who gets all kinds of insider information right so he has to do something for that I'm just saying it doesn't come free because you know little Jay's a nice guy um oh yeah I'm the one that that, that, that told um McVeigh that Stafford was there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. As the one that brought, he's the fall guy, right? He's the one because he's pulled away from it. He's not in 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 the fold or subject to those rules. So he winds up being the matchmaker just to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stinky, stinky, stinky. <laughs> so anyway, great point about the dead weight, uh, Ron Prince, right? That's that's a great example of holding on to dead weight on this team over over long mm-hmm. periods of time that we we shouldn't have. So anyway, that was a uh, great stuff on um, Lions Den. I, I I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot more of that this year. Um, really quick, want to talk about the um, the combine, and in order to do that, we're going to call Jeffy Jeffy the Riz here and get him on the phone and uh, and talk combine what he's seen. Let's uh, see if we can get that ringer ringing. All right. He said he's going to be on the road. He's a busy dad. 
He doesn't have a ring back. I thought he'd have like Mozart. It would absolutely be Iron Man. Riz! Guys. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? It's it's good to talk to you guys. I, I, I'm finally back home. I, I actually just got home, so it's it's good timing. Ooh, wow, good. I, so we didn't make you sit in your car in the driveway while the kids were backing around <laughs> the windows, right? <laughs> you did not. No, you're good. <laughs> good, 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 good to hear. How's everyone doing? Everyone happy to have you home? Yes, well, I think so. I, actually, my son is the only one that's here with me, um, and he, he was happy because I brought him a shirt. So, that's what I always, always you know, the currency of the kingdom. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, let's uh, let's get into the combine. I know you've got a lot to do. You want to spend some time with the fam because you've got to spend some time with the fam. Um, t- tell us, give us the lowdown, brother. What what was going on? We saw the interviews with um, with Coach and with Brad Holmes. Why don't if you want to talk about those, you can start out. But I'm just going to let you take the mic and run with it. You're, you're good at that. Yeah, sure. Um, and and so they were back to back at the same podium, which was very nice. I think they were the only they and the Cardinals were the only teams that got that benefit, which was pretty cool. Uh, and it, it was interesting because uh, they were at the podium. Uh, they followed where Cliff Kingsbury was, uh, and and like he he was he had a very weird media session like normally you don't you don't expect to hear a lot of like groundbreaking things and and honestly we didn't hear a lot that we didn't expect from detroit i think i think the the thing the biggest thing that that fans are going to take away from it is that danny campbell did acknowledge that they are going to go to a more base four-man front rather than a the three front yeah and and he talked about it um and, and he did elaborate a little bit more on it in a side session um, and, and he basically reiterated what he said publicly, though, was that it suits the personnel that they have better. And he's specifically talking about the edge guys that would be Romeo and Trey Flowers. Uh, yep. And also what what Anzarike and, and McNeil and, and anybody who they would be adding to that that mix. So that, that, that was probably the biggest thing he took away from it. Um, Trey Flowers is still part of the team. We're sort of divided as a media throng as to how serious they are about wanting to like completely get rid of him or just make him take a, a pay cut. Uh, and there, there are a lot of people that still think that he's going to be back in Detroit, which was surprising to me because I didn't think there was any way that that was going to happen. And most people on the outside don't think that's going to happen, but uh, you can't rule it out that he'll be back. So that, that, that was another thing that was a, a little different for me that I didn't expect. Speaking of media thongs, Sam, man, what's your <laughs> thoughts on flowers? I mean, should we? Should, I, I, <laughs> I'm a pro daisies, uh, not a big daffodil guy, but the uh, no, you know, I think Trey flowers, he's an interesting guy, right? So he was brought in by Matt Patricia to fill out the defensive end position that desperately at that time needed to be filled because we didn't have anybody to contain edge. The the first year of Matt Patricia was so abysmal (laughs) as far as edge contained because he wasn't asking his linebackers to do it. And we didn't have a defensive end that could do it. So they bring in flowers and at the time, you know, people were pumped like, Oh, look at his pressure rate. It's like one of the best in the league and blah, blah, blah. I wasn't super pumped on it mostly because of how much it cost and i'm still not really pumped on it because he may bring a bunch of things outside of the game as far as the locker room and that but he really just you know he hasn't been super healthy when he is healthy i don't feel like his production matches his cost and this team has too many holes to continue to pay people that their production is underwhelming in my opinion 
and I, I, I would, I would think that he needs to find a new home and give us some money back and, and not the money to spend on somebody who's not producing. Right. I mean, that's, we don't have the luxury with this team and we saw it this year with so many, you know, Jerry Jacobs coming into to his own as, as a player because he got an opportunity because we had so many players that didn't have, you know, that availability piece working. You, yep. he, if you're paying that kind of money, they have to be on the field. They have to be playing. And we just don't have the luxury and, and the level of talent to be able to, to kind of miss spend like we kind of feel like we're doing with flowers. Could he have a great year? Probably. But 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 you're thinking he's potentially coming back. Risen, is that what you said? Or there's just possible. I I still don't personally expect it, but there are people who are closer to the team than me who do think that he is going to come back, at at least for the beginning of the year. Uh, And then it's a case of maybe he's playing well and maybe maybe Levi is playing better enough that, that we don't need him there. Uh, and we can we can deal him for something. That's that, that, that was one of the prevailing arguments that was going on. I, it, it's tough to say. I still don't think he'll be back. That's that's my official prediction. But I, I don't know. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. What else is going on? You, let's. Uh, you, do we want to hit about the um, the four three thing? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is this is weird. And, and Sam and I were going to talk about this a little more in depth. I think afterward, but. I don't know that we were officially really like a three, four. We were kind of no. hybridy, but yeah. I mean, all I know, Sam man had some very explicit ways of explaining <laughs> uh, these defenses. Did you want to go into that, Andy? Or yeah, I mean, Matt Patricia brought you know the three front in, but it really felt like a three in my back end. It just it like <laughs> he brought he he forced. It in, you know, he really forced it. It didn't need to happen. That's what he wanted. And I don't, I honestly, I feel like we, we never got to see a full three, four defense fully come to fruition here because Bob Quinn's drafts were so weird. So he started, right? So we got Trey flowers. Who's kind of a three, four defensive end. We drafted like Julian Okor, who's kind of a stand-up linebacker rush. We drafted Tavai, who's like a pure middle linebacker. But we never really got to see it. Our, our team still held on to a bunch of 4-3 guys. And I think Campbell and crew saw that, you know, like outside of Flowers and outside of, I mean, really all the nose tackles that we had were gone. Right. You know, we didn't have any of those guys left. They all left in free agency. And outside of a few random pass rush guys that can still be used as situational pass rushers uh, in stand-up roles or as blitzers or whatever they want to do, to me it, it makes it makes sense. I don't I don't think going to a four three is that big of an ordeal. I, you know I think some people are making it out to be like this is a wholesale defensive change. I don't think so. I think it's they're just leaning one more. You know we're now we're fifty five percent four three instead of. You know, fifty five percent, three four. Let me ask a quick question to Riz on this one, and and this is something that just kind of popped in my head. Moving to this more four three kind of front kind of look, how much does that help Levi Anzarike? It should help him a lot because that's more of what he played in college. Uh, where, where I think it's really going to help though is it's going to help the linebackers, whoever they might be, mm-hmm. because the goal now is for the linebackers to make more plays. 
in the last scheme and Patricia's scheme, while they were they were supposed to be making plays, like <laughs> it, it was it was more on it was more on more like, on yes the, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good, good place to pause there wasn't it <laughs> um, um, it, it, it was more about like linebackers playing a role rather than being and then this is something that Dan Campbell said was was we want downhill attack linebackers yep now that that is more fitting with a four two five which I think is going to wind up being the base I think we're I think people are talking four three uh uh-uh. It's going to be a four-two-five, or, or at times a four-one-six. That's that. Uh, a couple of the defenses in the league this year. I'll, I'll go to the Browns for a second. The Browns, when they were at their best, when they when they were shutting people down, were running a four-one-six with with uh, Jeremiah Wilson Coromo in the dead middle of the defense and and flowing all over the place. And that guy, he's he's what people want Nicobe Dean to be this year, except the Dean's a lot smaller. And like that, that's that's the vision that you have, and you can see how Aaron Glenn. We, we kind of saw it in in Mobile a little bit, mm-hmm. how he was working with the defense and how he had guys shading at different spots. Like if you were if you were an edge, like you played some seven, you played some stand up wide nine, you, you played yeah. some stand up outside linebacker. So they were they were kind of experimenting and tinkering with it back then, and you saw you know, the nose tackle. Sometimes he's heads up, sometimes he's over to a shaded one. Uh, there were a couple times when he even played a two eye. Like you, you saw that. So that we all sort of knew that this was coming. Like they, they were certainly going to play more even fronts. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't going to be like a total conversion. And it's still not going to be. There are going to be situations where there are only three linemen on the field and they go back to what they'd had last year with the two stand up outside linebackers as your edges. Hopefully they're better than what they were last year. Uh, and you know, that's. The ability to match up, and, and, and some of this can be dictated. Like, does this team have a good tight end, an inline tight end that they have to worry about? Like, are you playing George Kittle? You have to play him differently than you play a, a, a team that doesn't use a tight end, sure. but uses a fullback instead, or that uses a slot receiver to crack down I think and so, then block that. And so here's here's kind of one of the things that I was looking at and why I kind of leaned into the Levi thing. And and, and you followed up with the, the linebacker thing, I mean, perfectly. Because I think this informs some of the teams thinking about the draft with this kind of move. And all of a sudden Levi's helped out. You're not as likely to be looking at the interior of the defensive line for players in the draft. You're you've kind of alleviated some of your linebacker pressure, uh, player pressure in the draft. Right. I mean, you've you've now kind of schemed around. Uh, sit down for this one, Sam. And schemed around the players you have, <laughs> and <laughs> and you're kind of moving the thing forward. And and again, I think this kind of tells what are they looking for in the draft. I, we're we're going to have a conversation later. This is one that maybe you could put in a year in, in one year while the maybe while the wife's talking is the time to do it, Riz. But uh, <laughs> uh, Sam is going to go into depth as to why not Kyle Hamilton and and who he thinks instead. So uh, I think that's that kind of ties in well with this whole concept of trying to predict the the draft and, and where Holmes will go. We only have one draft under our belt with him to to use as a um a kind of um weather vane or whatever. But um it's interesting to try to see how things are working and, and maybe Dan gave us a little more than he thought with that idea of how they're changing the defense up. Yeah, and it could be. And and it would like again, you're you're gonna be looking at does Kyle Hamilton fit your defense? Yes. <laughs> and no matter yep. what you're running, does Aiden Hutchinson fit your defense? Whatever, no matter what you're running, yes. Like, like there's nothing they can't do schematically. 
I do think that as a 4-3 end, Hutchinson is better than he is as a stand-up 3-4 outside linebacker. And, and I think that's a lot of us, um, and I'm not talking necessarily Lions media here, but a lot of the draft media picked up on that is like, okay, <laughs> Hutchinson's two, that's his floor. Like, he ain't going lower than that. And, and most, I was, I was honestly surprised at how many people that I know in the draft media who are like, oh, they're taking Hutchinson. Like, like, no doubt about it. Like, like, not even a thought that they would take anybody else if he's there. Uh, the, the question comes up is what if he's not there? Uh, and that's, I, I, I don't know if that's less, I, I feel less likely that he will be there, but I, I am a little bit more concerned that he won't be. And then I do wonder what they're going to do because I, I don't think that they're Kayvon Thibodeau fans. I don't think they're going to take Kyle Hamilton that high. That's when, that's when my guy Thor Nystrom, his, his pick of, of Malik Willis at two comes in. Uh, and I, I talked to Thor last night and that's, that's, pr- do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, go for it, bro. Yeah. Okay. So um, Thor writes for NBC Sports Edge, used to be Roto-Wire, and he wrote the mock draft that had Malik Willis at two. Uh, and he and I, um, we're, we're old friends. We're, we're good friends. We, we get together all the time. Um, we sparred on Twitter good-naturedly. A lot of people jumped in not so good-naturedly and, and attacked one of us <laughs> or the other of us as people are wont to do. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so, so Thor and I last night, and, and there was another guy with us who, and I don't remember his name, but he had incredible hair, and I, I was jealous. Um, <laughs> They've got to wear a name tag if they got the hair, otherwise Riz will never remember. <laughs> uh, seriously, you're not, you're not kidding. Uh, so we were sitting there, you know, I, I had, a, had a couple of a couple of pops with him, and you know, we we're talking about Malik Willis, and the 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 general consensus, and this is this is also across the Lions media, is the the whole concept of if you're taking a quarterback, if you're Detroit, you want them to be better than Jared Goff in 2023 because that's your out point on Goff. Like, there's there's not a soul in the world that thinks that Jared Goff will not be the starter for all 17 games in 2022. Right. Not a soul. <laughs> not so, a sane soul, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so Thor's point was. Look, obviously Willis needs reps. He's obviously the only guy that's going to be that could be better than Goff to start twenty twenty three, and I didn't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Uh, and and we, we talked a little bit about it, and we we discussed some things, and, and he made he made some really good points on it, and I liked his idea of how you can work him in like late in games, get him some the live action reps, you know, get him into your system, and it's important to have that. Because you don't know that you're going to be, and he's, he, he mentioned this, like he doesn't think this is a top 10 picking team next year. If you think that the, that quarterback class next year is deeper than this year, I'm going to tell you right now, nobody thinks that way. Like it, it's CJ Stroud and that's it. <laughs> like if you're not picking one or two, you're not getting a quarterback that could be better right now. At the same point in the process now where this class was a year ago, this class is ahead of next year's class. That, that's a pretty well-received consensus. And I, I know people are screaming Bryce Young. Bryce Young is 5'10", 185 pounds, uh, and, and benefits greatly from playing with everybody on his team being in the NFL at some point. He is not viewed that way by a lot of people in the draft community. Uh, but, I mean, but I hear he'll be a really good Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator in five years. 
<laughs> that could be. Yeah. Uh, so, so not, so not, so then we, we were reverting back to Willis and we're like, okay, what do you have to do to get Willis? Like, and the two, okay, all right. I don't want to do that, uh, I, and I don't want to do that. But I do want a quarterback that can, can eventually take over in the system. So I, I'm, I'm a bit flummoxed by this because he, he's making good points to me, and I'm, I'm making decent refutations. I'm like, watch his army game. Like you're gonna like how how the hell is that guy starting at Liberty? Like it's Liberty. Like that's that's not even a good school football wise, and and he was terrible. Now he had no help. He didn't get the benefit of of like his his center might have been the worst player in college football last year. That guy was awful. Didn't have a lot of help at receiver, but at the same time he didn't help himself either. And we saw this in Mobile. He doesn't understand the concept of touch. He doesn't understand how to make an anticipatory throw. He has to see it and then gun it. And he's he's got the arm straight for it. I think we all saw that pretty well in Mobile. We we saw that he does he did process things quicker as things sped up around him, which I thought was very encouraging. And then, so, so then today, his podium time, dude is cool, man. Yeah, I like, yeah. I like him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like the, the comment that I made was he's really comfortable being Malik Willis. And that's a good thing. Yep. Um, yep. Just, just a lot of, of very easy, natural confidence. I mean, this is something that again, we heard down in mobile a lot was like, yeah, that guy, he, we don't know what it is, but it, whatever it is, he's probably got it. Like in terms of like how players respond to him and everything, mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. And and the way he handled he held court today, like this is a guy he, he's not going to get flapped when 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 a a hostile radio voice on the flagship station attacks him um, and, and repeatedly attacks him. He he, he he's not going to care. He's gonna he's gonna fight back, and he's gonna fight back in the best way that he can. By proving them wrong on the field, I like that a lot. That's uh, it, it, it's it's weird because it's a it's a borderline Baker Mayfield mentality, and a lot of people don't really like Baker Mayfield's mentality. Yeah. But it, it it plays well for Detroit. Let me put it that way. And this this guy, like if they if they do get him, he's he's very mediagenic. He's savvy. He's smart. He he he's not bad on the eyes. Like you, you can you can see why the, why the appeal is there for him. But again, at two, like, yeah, you you just earned the number two pick. You can't you can't give a guy a year off. Right, <laughs> you just can't do that. Right. Yeah. We were talking. We were talking to him at the Mobile Airport uh, when we got to to Alabama, and what what you said was absolutely it. He is cool, unflappable, just a a, a really really a likable kind of guy. You know what I mean? Very much so. Yeah. And and then he's but. And this is the thing. I'm seeing it right. You know, Lionor, the helpful, Lionor, I've got to figure out how to say this. Uh, He's a first read quarterback. Plus, he scrambles to run, not throw. His eyes are never downfield. That feels a lot like the knocks on Jared Goff early uh, before um, the the play calling, you know, Ben Johnson and, and Coach Campbell took over, right? Oh, he's not he's not making the reads. He's a first read. And then, you know, he's he's rolling into the the, the rush. Do is this it, this is going to be this would be a polarizing as hell pick, especially at two for Lions yeah. fans. And, and that's I don't know how comfortable I am just alone with that polarization. Yeah, I'm, I'm not either. And and I'm not that's somebody who has to cover this on a day to day basis. I'm not thrilled about that, to be honest with you. Yep. And uh, I I do not get the sense from the Lions that they will do it at two. Now, if they're going to come up. 
Um, this is something, and I wrote it in the the uh, mock off-season proposal that I did, uh, the number three version, where like I talked about how you get up to trade, and I used the, the Mahomes trade as a blueprint. Mm-hmm. You give you give 32, 34, and one of next year's first, and you move up to 10. Uh, you've got to be, you have to be in front of Washington because it, it, the way, the way that one of the Washington media guys was talking about him today was almost like, dude, you know, put some pants on, we're in public. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> well, and I'd be worried about Pittsburgh wanting to trade up too. And I, I, I yes. to be frank, I haven't looked at their, what kind of ammo they have, but, um, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> he was their their co- he was, Mike Tomlin was all, over but he was like pushing lions coaches aside in mobile to get closer and to talk and to see what's going on during practice he wasn't letting anyone get between him and malik he is a man in love yeah and and the pittsburgh media reaffirms that that's that's like the talk around town is that he's not going anywhere below where pittsburgh picks so if you think you're going to get willis at 30 or 32 no you got to be up to to 10 to 11 maybe to nine even that's 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 three picks. That's thirty two, thirty four, and a first next year. And by the way, that will be the the Lions first next year, not the Rams first next year to yeah. get up there. Yeah. And, the, and in that case, um, the the uh, the team that will be trading back would probably also send Detroit back a third this year or a fourth or a third next year. That type of thing, just to, to make it out a little bit because of the the. The NFL doesn't like it when one team gives up four more picks than another team right. in a trade. Yeah. That's that's just sort of not copacetic. Or they could send a player back, of, but who, you know, then you're dealing with it. Oh, oh this, this is this is a team that's picking in the ten, you know, nine to twelve range, and they have a player that they don't want. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Great. <laughs> Yeah, that's that, the Malik Willis is an interesting thing. But again, where if he was in last year's draft, where where does he go, Riz? He's after Fields, no question about it. So after, obviously, after Lance, after uh, Lawrence, um, after after the uh, uh, Fields, uh, who else was in the quarterback last year? I'm even spacing out on it. He, he wouldn't have been in the top three for for sure. And yeah. so the, the the comparison that I use. And I, I, I said this to Thor, and the dude with the nice hair with it, like, pointed at me. He's like, dude, you're right. I compared him to Jake Locker when Locker came out of Washington. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work for Jake Locker. Uh, and, and they are very, they're very similar quarterbacks coming up because like Locker, Locker was a phenomenal athlete, ran, ran four, four, eight. I think I want to say was, was bigger than what Malik is, had the, the Genesee Qua as a leadership, like, like just had that. But this was a guy who could not throw for touch. He couldn't make anticipatory throws and he never really learned how to do it. And his accuracy came and went. That's Malik Willis right now. And now you, now you, we talked about this with, uh, with Panay. Like you're counting on your coaching staff to coax the best out of Panay because otherwise he could be Greg Robinson. Well, give, give your hat off to, to Hank Fraley and, and the offensive staff for doing right by that. Pants can they do me. it with a, can they do it with a quarterback? <laughs> and that's like, that's, that's the million dollar question. If they can, if, if Mark Brunel, who clearly likes Malik Willis, um, he's not even hiding that. <laughs> Uh, if if he's that confident in it, you, again, I, I don't wanted it too, but I'm, I would understand it. Um, but I do think that if you do that, then you're taking away a, a premier weapon off your defense somewhere. 
and that you're not going to be able to recoup that like at 32 and 34 if, if you're taking Willis at two. That's just, and, or you're pushing, now you're getting, instead of getting your, possibly getting um, Chris Olave or Jamison Williams with, with that 32 pick. Now you're, you're pushed back at wide receiver to getting like a, a David Bell or, or somebody like that <laughs> it, it, with your third round pick. Or, or you're, you're just missing out on a player that could help you go from, from 313 and one to, to nine and eight next year. And I do think that they can do that if they get you know the right amount of impact. And you're sacrificing a number two pick for that. That you're sacrificing another year. I that that's that that's that's a tough sell, man. You're also betting as the front office and coaching staff, you're betting all your chips here too. Yeah. And yeah. this is not this isn't the staff to do that, in my opinion. The the staff is kind of has been playing the long haul game the entire time. I feel like they've been doing the long haul game. Well, I think taking Willis at two pushes your (laughs) pushes everything up. Yeah. And that's a, that's a scary thought. Um, Not many staffs get to take a guy at two, watch him fail and continue on do it again. (laughs) And, and, And let's be honest, do they want to put themselves in that position? Because I, I believe they 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 see success. They see the the sun, you know, crusting the horizon. Do they want to really throw all in on this, on this, which is a lottery ticket, right? They know what yeah. they have in Jared Goff. If if he doesn't, and and I think they believe he can do it next year. I think that's just if I put myself kind of in their head. I think they think he is the guy that's going to be able to carry this team. If he's not. You're going to be drafting where you need to be to get yourself a quarterback, right? I mean, that's that's basically if you if you're not drafting where you can get a quarterback, that means Goff did his job. See, I needed you with with me and Thor last night to say that argument because I didn't eloquent, I didn't, I didn't produce that very eloquently, uh, and, and I, I stumbled over it. I it was probably after the the second cocktail kicked in. It was uh, because second that, that's, pop. That, yeah, that, that, that's a very valid point. What what you just said is. And, and, and this is something, and again, this is, this is reading beyond, um, what they've said, but reading body language, reading things like that. It's clear Brad Holmes still thinks that Jared Goff is the long-term solution at quarterback. Now he's not going, he's not going to not get insurance for that. Sure. But there, it's, it's going to be very disappointing to Brad personally if Jared Goff isn't the long-term solution at quarterback because he did, he did stick his neck out to go get that. Like that, that deal does not happen. Specifically, Goff doesn't come to Detroit in the Stafford deal unless Brad Holmes really wants him and, and is a believer yep. in him. And that yep. he's made it clear that, that, that he does want that and he believes in that. And, you know, I think people are also forgetting that, you know, Jared Goff has been in the NFL for a while now, but people forget he's 27. He still has seven, eight more years as an NFL quarterback. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's a long time for a guy that you already have on your team that you're already paying that you can lock down longer. Uh, that's, you know, you could argue that he's not ever going to do anything special here, but I mean, he took, I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl. He's proven that he can do it, even if it's not the way that we would like it to be done. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those conundrums. I like last year I was full bore. We need golf out of here. He looked awful. I was very vocal about how poor he looked and how poor he played. And then, like Chris said, there was like a switch. Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson started doing some stuff, and all of a sudden, 
you know, it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't Stafford throwing 60 yard bombs, scoring touchdowns, highlight plays, but he was dinking and dunking us down the field pretty efficiently. Uh, Using the weapons you know, that he I, had at his disposal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's hard to argue with that when, like you said, a number two pick should be incredibly impactful. And we're going to get into that a little bit more when I talk about why I'm anti safety at number two. But, um, I'm just honest to God, I don't think you have to worry about it. I think, and a lot of other people think that uh, safety will be resolved in free agency before the draft. And so for, for all of you who are freaking out, oh, this whole Kyle Hamilton debate, the whole Kyle Hamilton debate is likely to be pretty moot in a couple of weeks. But, but Riz, uh, it's, safety, it's safety right now. We need three. And I just, we do. I don't know we that do. that's all going to be resolved at that point. I'm, 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 we'll see. So right. the other, well, well, one of the things that happens when you go to the four man front is that you can play your slot corner full time. So then you have two outside corners and your slot corner as, and, and that, that, that allows you to play your split safeties over the top. Right. So you really only need two and um, people are very confident that they're going to get one. Mm-hmm. And the, the other side of that is, the draft is really middle heavy in safety. Yeah, and we, we yeah, saw some of those guys in Mobile, Petre and and Scene and and uh, a few other guys. Yep. Like the Lions have done homework on all those guys. They are clearly interested in upgrading their safety position. It's just not necessarily at number two. Right. So uh, I, I don't want to rain on your parade there, Andy, but I I, I, I hope that you don't have to make that <laughs> argument. A long no, you're time. gonna you're gonna take some of the artillery shells from the slack. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, so uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about um, was, was we got to meet with Ben Johnson. Um, they, they pulled a bunch of us local media aside um, and, and gave us a breakout session for like ten minutes with Ben. And I posted a little clip of it in the in the Patreon Slack channel. Please please subscribe. It's, it's worth it. Trust me. Um, and it, it was fun watching him like the way his face lit up when he talked about getting a big target in the red zone mm. was like oh my god <laughs> like, <laughs> like this, this is this 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 is like you know the lexus or the the, the chevy ed where the woman walks out and she's like oh i want the red one it's like oh, i like blue you know that was like wow like that that sort of reaction when he talked about getting a guy who can who can win outside the numbers in the red zone and also like he talked about stretching the field horizontally but also stretching it vertically and having somebody with size down the field, and he didn't come out and say it, but it's, it's abundantly clear that they do not think that that player is on the team right now. Like they like Amon Ra, they're they're pretty okay with Quintez coming back and trying to earn a role. I don't know if Josh Reynolds is going to be back. I don't think Khalif Raymond is going to be back. If he is, he's going to be the return man more than he's going to be a receiver. So they are like 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 <laughs> one Randall all said. They're going to draft two, and they're going to sign one. Uh, and nobody nobody should be surprised by that. And nobody should be surprised if 32 is a wide receiver or 34 is a wide receiver or <laughs> Epiphany. Both could be wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where the meat is. Uh, and, and so so we, I'll go through real quick what, what, what we were talking about last night at dinner. We were sort of going through the wide receivers and spitballing where they were. And if any of these guys would be available, where Detroit is and where a couple of other wide receiver needy teams at the top of the second were. Drake London, no. Traylon Burks, no. Uh, uh, Garrett Wilson, no. Those are the three no's that like nobody expects them to be there at 32. Not, not, not a chance. 
you get to Chris Olave, you get to David Bell, you get to, uh, 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 what's his name? Jameson Williams mm-hmm. with the injury. Maybes. Those are maybes. Then, then beyond that, you're looking at, you know, you're taking a bit of a, a, a downgrade there and you're looking for a more specific role player. Well, the interesting thing is, is that's exactly what, what Ben Johnson talked about that he wanted and what sort of what Dan Campbell has also said is that, you know, we have, we have roles that we have to fill. Like, so they, they don't necessarily need that, you know, otherworldly number one wide receiver. A guy like a Julio Jones or an AJ Brown or a DeAndre Hopkins. Like they can make do with a guy who's who wins as an X receiver only, wins as a Y receiver only, wins as a big slot only. Like they 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 understand what they will need to do with that. And I, that's what I took away from Ben Johnson. That and the fact that he's just a really cool guy too. He's smart. Uh, and as also, well, isn't he? He, he he looks like he's like eighteen. Like you need to card him <laughs> if you're going to the bar with him. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a super super smart dude, and very well respected. He's the kind of guy. Look, I, I hate to make comparisons like this this early, but he's the kind of guy, a very McVeigh kind of guy, and and he could have very yeah, much the same trajectory. He has that kind of energy. So I, I saw Sean McVeigh uh, on a Zoom today. And my God, that guy's just like jumping out of his chair all over the Zoom. Like you got to respect that. He's like uh, it, he's like Tom Cruise on Oprah, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there, there's a flashback for you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was, I was, ple- it was pleasantly nice to meet him. I wasn't expecting that to get that breakout group. So that that was cool. Um, yeah. So I'm. That, that's that's kind of what it took. Like, there's a lot of more broad, like general draft takeaways that I took from it. Uh, I did a couple. I, I did I did Giants TV today. I did Jets radio today. The Browns radio today. I did Texans stuff yesterday. So I have a, a better idea of what those teams are doing. Um, and just in general, um, by the way, the personal highlight for me, um, I led off the Big Blue TV, which is the Giants in-house thing today. Um, and immediately after me was Daniel Jeremiah. Then immediately after him was Charles Davis. <laughs> that told the host, but I, I've been on there several times. <laughs> you're, you're putting me in a class that I don't belong in. Here. <laughs> it, 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 it was, it was honestly, it was, it was at the same time, um, inspiring and humbling. Uh, and I talked to DJ for a little bit. We've met like once before. He actually remembered that we had met, didn't remember my name, which was fine. Uh, and then Charles Davis, like, we sat at a table at a restaurant in Mobile about five years ago. I'm like, yes, sir, we did. Like, he remembered that. I was like, wow. Like, that guy, that guy is really smart. Like, Charles Davis, off the charts smart and can, can flip from subject to topic like, like nothing. Like, like, like I, I was, almost, I was almost, I actually stayed and watched him do his, his bit. Like, wow. Like, <laughs> I want to be that guy when I get older. <laughs> awesome. All right, Riz. Anything? Uh, anything you want to wrap with? I know we, we. Are you trying to stay away from the family? Is that what's happening right now? <laughs> no. So uh, my 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 wife and daughter are coming home from volleyball as we speak. Uh, they'll be home in like ten minutes. And my, I had, I had to pick my son up. Um, my my son still doesn't have his driver's license. Has his permit, but uh, didn't have enough hours yet. So I had to I had to get home so I could get him home. Uh, and I'll hang out with him for a little bit. He had a, by the way, I got it. I got a gloat. He hit a half court buzzer beater at the halftime last night in a, a rare Zealand East win, which was great. They beat Ludington. Uh, he got to play against one of his best AAU teammates. Uh, and they, they won. I think they're three and 15 now. 
Uh, but he's, he, he had a half-court shot, and uh, honest to God, I was in my hotel room at the time I was streaming the game, and I hit my head on the ceiling of my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure the people in the rooms next to me were not happy with me screaming. <laughs> so definitely a proud dad today, day-to-day here on the show. Oh, uh, Sam, man, any, any news from you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not on the chi- child front. Okay, well. <laughs> Yeah. Look at the picture if you need some help. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a couple of, of general things on the draft. Uh, the NFL, and I said this on, on the Giants thing, and I said it, I think I said it in our Slack too. The NFL does not like Kayvon Thibodeau nearly as much as the fans think they should. Yep. Yep. And uh, it would not, su- so uh, I, it would not surprise me if he fell to at least seven, if not further. Um, in fact, seven is one of the Giants' picks, and I don't think they're taking him. So probably further than that. Uh, the, the offensive line is bubbling up. The 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 battle for the top: Evan Neal, Icky from uh, from North Carolina State, and uh, uh, Charles Cross. All three of those guys are top five picks. That's so. Now you're looking at Aiden Hutchinson. Slot him at two, but he could be somewhere else. Um, and, and this is this is the interesting part with the, the Lions. If they don't do Willis at two, and I don't I don't think they're taking Thibodeau either. I don't think he fits a four man front. I think he is a straight three four stand up outside linebacker, and uh, that was made very clear by a couple of other people who are higher up in the media food chain than me. Uh, the, they could trade, and and there could be somebody willing to trade up. Uh, especially if it's Evan Neal that doesn't go first, because that guy's seen as as a generational type of talent, as ironically enough, as a right tackle. And that's not a problem for people. Detroit, get over the right tackle, left tackle BS. You need two. <laughs> if you get an elite right one, you're great. There's nothing wrong with that. It's worth the number two pick in the draft. It was certainly worth the number seven pick in the draft last year. There you go. There you go. Yeah, where does Von Miller line up? I can tell you it's not against left tackles. <laughs> yeah. Well, where, where's Aiden Hutchinson going to line up? I mean, against the left tackle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll talk it. Well, now you're leading me down a path here, Riz. And, and, and what we're trying to, you know, we'll talk about it. Uh, I want to hit a great super chat from Loretto. Um, look, I, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong, right? And it, it's all, it takes all different kinds. Uh, safety at two, terrible value, and that pushes a lot of problems to the forefront. I believe this front office will get value for the second pick. Decent experience, safety, eight to 10 mil, less for, less, uh, for prove it deal. Also, what's easier to get in free agency, a defensive end or a safety? My, and I'll just go to my argument there. And thank you, Loretto, for the super chat, man. Yes. Your brother. Um, I I think you can get your DT at 32 and 34 and your safety up front and your wide receivers in the third. That's that's kind of my MO. That's that's where I'm looking at. You're not neglecting the position. You're going to get you're going to get starters. You're going to get your one starters that can put pressure on. Let's not forget the Raquara twins. Uh <laughs> the I mean there's there's a lot available on this team there. Um I just yeah. We'll talk about it. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to step on Sandman's piece, but like, if we say, "Hey, we're going to sign Marcus Will, Will, Williams at safety," uh, he's coming from you know, um, say um, the Saints, who you know we have that that uh, connection there. You're going to pay him what? What is it, Riz? A fourteen million a year? 
14 or 15 million and then he ain't going back to new orleans <laughs> no <laughs> like nope <laughs> no so 14 million i mean and we we, look, we talked about it last week at safety if you get him number two he's he's basically making about nine million a year your first year is actually 7.2 um but it's nine million a year over four years you got a fifth year option on him and that would make him like the 15th or 17th highest paid safety in the league and you're talking about a top one through five level player for that cost. That's not a bad deal. That's not a bad deal. I it's, mean, you're it's not at all. You're playing it. So anyway, I don't want to, I, I, I want to set Sam man up for success. People already, and yes. I don't want to, I don't want to feel, I don't want, I don't want to feel defensive either. So I, I got to get this out of my head. Yeah, it, it's, my it's a very good year to need a lot of safeties. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, but, but I, 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 I will definitely listen to your argument, Andy, but I am, I'm going to sign <laughs> off now because I, I got about an hour and a half of sleep last night and I've driven, uh, like nine hours in the last two days. So we didn't I'm going to go to bed, on, guys. We didn't want you on anymore. <laughs> we didn't want you on anymore anyway, Riz. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. Um, I will try. Uh, I'm going to be in Louisville this weekend with my daughter um, it's for a volleyball tournament. That means I'm going to be in a hotel room, and then I will be in a, a, a convention center that has 178 volleyball courts with 12 girls on each team between 12 and 16 years old, and they scream non-freaking-stop all weekend. <laughs> so I might like steal away to the hotel room for a little while and shoot a little like, you know, from a lion's perspective, awesome. if I, if I'm duly motivated and if I can get the bags off from under my ass, cause I want to look bad. Awesome. Awesome. brother. <laughs> get some cucumbers, right, Riz, hit the hay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Riz, Jeff, the Riz, Riz, good stuff. Love his. Fantastic. Takes. As always. Yeah. Yeah. I love his takes. The best. Um, Loretta, love you, man. We need upgrades of safety, not top safety. We need a safety right now. We're number one is Will Harris. So a, a top safety would be a start. All right, let's move on. Um, I got to quit making my arguments. I can quit arguing with the chat, Chris. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Um, we were going to touch on defensive changes. I think we'll let that sit. Same man, because we're, we're going a little bit longer than than we maybe wanted to here. But uh, I do want to really quick hit cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. If they pick the guy that you don't want at second, you're definitely going to need CBD. You're going to need to help take care of your head, your pain, your anxiety, your insomnia, all those things that are so prevalent, prevalent with Lions fans. If you go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com, you're guaranteed the good stuff. Uh, talk to a number of people who've gotten it elsewhere, and we're like, eh. It's not as good as the stuff from Diamond and the stuff we work with. And if you use the coupon code LIONS, you'll get 55% off anything there. Pain, anxiety, insomnia. If you're looking for a buzz, you can get that with the Delta 8 or the Active CBD. It's all there waiting for you to take care of yourself. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Thank you. All right, Simon, this is it. This is the magic <sighs> moment. Here we go. I'm going to shake the tension out of the shoulders. Um <laughs> I do, really quick, I want to I want to kind of put something out there for folks. Um, thank you, everyone, already for the super chats. We're trying to use the super chats here for the rest of the the, the next couple like two months to try to raise money. the The internet has been improved in our area, and we could potentially go up to like a four K stream and do some really really good stuff if we did that. Those super chats definitely will help us get to that point. So if you want to help us kind of upgrade our, our 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 kind of studio feed and the quality of what we get out there. 
there. We appreciate it. Uh, the super chats are what we're going to, we're going to put towards that. So you can help us there. And also, uh, the super chat, the more you guys give, the less likely we are to get Sandman a new camera. So you'll be able to feast your eyes on Sandman's body for the rest of the shows and the, uh, the draft party and so on. Right. I've already got the 8K red on order. It's, 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 it's coming in. You'll see all my nose hairs. Okay, we're going to do the retinal scan. Yeah. <laughs> Stop blinking, Andy. Okay, let's get into it. This is the this is the piece. And again, something that we want to do on the show and something I really have always wanted to do is bring in different voices. I continue to make my choice for, you know, Hamilton at two, my argument why Hamilton at two. But I know there's other there's arguments against it and reasons not to do it. And I appreciate, you know, that they exist and they're good arguments. And someone who always makes cogent, intelligent arguments is Sam Ann. And I, I thought it was it, he kind of hit me as we're texting. Hey, can, can you want to fill in this week for the for, for uh, uh, Riz on the show? He's like, yeah. What do you want me to talk about? Why Hamilton's a terrible idea? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I actually do. I, 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 abs- I absolutely want you to do that. So here we are. Um, this is the chance. I oh boy, guys. Ooh. The best, Donnie. They want you. They the they boss. they want. Not only do they want you to have 4K stream, they want the OnlyFans. <laughs> the only, in 4K. I got rejected twice by OnlyFans. They shut me down twice. Oh, Don H. Thank you for the cause. That is, you are you are a superstar. Really appreciate it. And Leonore, the hopeful. That's really sweet. Fifty dollars super chat. You are you are spectacular. Ooh. Thank you so much. Um. Yeah, I don't know why anybody wants to see us that beautifully, but here we are. <laughs> All right, Sam, man, incredible. I'm going to pause. I'm going to let you run and uh, go ahead and hit it. Why not Kyle Hamilton? Well, let's start with, and I've been banging this drum for a long time. I think that positional value is real and it needs to be taken into account. I've watched the Lions ignore positional value to the detriment of the team. For a long time, basically, positional value was almost completely ignored by the Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia regime. I mean, Bob Quinn in general, I think, just ignored positional value. Um, what, what player stands out the most for, for making that game? <laughs> so many to choose from. It was a tease. Was it Jelani? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, positional value, like those weren't horrible picks. I think the players were just bad. Like I have a a heavy argument against Jeff Okuda at three. I hated that pick. Not because I thought Jeff Okuda was bad because I didn't, I don't think a cornerback has value at three. Like I think recency bias kind of makes us feel like cornerback is something that can happen. You know, Lattimore hit with the saints. There was like a couple other guys that were taken very high that turned out to be very good year one players and continue to be good players, but that's not generally how it goes. Um, So when you take cornerbacks at threes or when you take tight ends at eight or at 10, and I I, want to preface all this by saying just because I don't think that the value is there doesn't mean that I dislike the player. If they draft Hamilton, I'll close my mouth about the positional value and I'll be pumped that Hamilton is on our team because he is a fantastic player. That's not what any of this is about. It's more about how does that position impact the team 
And how easily can you find one outside of the top two picks Mm -hmm. or top five picks for that matter? You know, when we drafted Hawkinson, it was the same argument. We tight ends don't have to be high picks to be good players. In fact, most tight ends aren't high picks. There's only a few that really have blown up. And really, what's their win above replacement? Like it's not huge blow up. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. You know, it just doesn't happen. So if we look at safeties overall, the last little bit, you know, like Leron Landry, everybody knows Leron Landry because he killed people out on the football field and he was juiced to the gills. But people forget he was the number six pick. Is the value is not there. You've got guys like Dante Whitner at number eight, Michael Huff at number seven. Do people even know who Michael Huff is? You know, there's there's just not a good value there where I feel like in the free agency market, you can get a safety that was taken in the third, fourth round that has proven to be a good NFL player for a good price. And they can come in and be good contributors to your team. That's what Glover Quinn was. That's what uh, James and Hedebo was for us for the two years that he was here for the one year. I don't remember if it was just one. I think it was two. I think that there's value there. It's incredibly hard to get a top flight defensive end on your team because by the time a team gets one of those, they generally don't hit the market again. When it does happen, it's incredibly rare. When Cleo Mack gets traded, that's like, holy crap. People lose their mind. Right. They're still paying for, for Cleo Mack in Chicago. Von Miller is another one, right? Correct. And like when you have those guys, they will win you a Super Bowl by themselves. I mean, Von Miller kind of drug that Broncos team with Peyton Manning's dead arm to the Super Bowl, um, you know, with his defensive play and with everybody else. I just think, you know, whether it's Hutchinson or whether it's Thibodeau and I'm not a big Thibodeau fan. I'm a big fan of Hutchinson. Mm -hmm. I think you just get more value out of that pick. And it's hard. It's hard to collaborate. But like Jeff was saying, most people don't think that you can take a safety at two. To me, you have to have a generational safety at two where he has to be the consensus guy. And then even then, even if he is the consensus guy, you don't see him going number one or number two in most drafts. No, you're you're absolutely right there. You're absolutely right. Just because the value is not there. Like there's a reason why these offensive tackles are going to, there's going to be potentially three offensive tackles in the top five. It's because they have to protect against guys like Aiden Hutchinson and other people that will wreck your game. A safety while incredibly impactful. If you can get a Ed Reed at the number two pick, a lot of people would say, yes, Mm -hmm. if, if we redo that draft, I might take Ed Reed at number two, but how many Ed Reeds are there? There's been one Ed Reed. There's There's been one. You know, and it's it's hard. Yeah. So even even if you say that Hutchinson, let's say, for example, isn't going to be a Hall of Fame player, even if he's like a B plus player, a B player, he's going to get snaps and he will impact every single down that he's out there, whether or not the ball is tossed his direction or not. And I think that there's something to be said for making sure that your team is built properly and not too top heavy. And I would consider a safety, a top heavy pick, just like tight end and just like cornerback. And obviously recency bias, the tight ends worked out. Okay. For us, Hawkinson's been good. It was he worth number eight. Mm-hmm. Eh. 
And then Jeff Okuda has been injured and it's hard to say what's going to happen with him, but shoot, Jeff Okuda might be our number three overall safety next year, depending on oh. how his Achilles looks. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's going to be safety. I don't think he's going to be safety. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard that, but no, you make, you make a really, really good argument, but let me ask, and, and, and this has come up in the chat. If your guy, our guy, the guy Hutchinson is gone. If they take him number one and, and, and you are, you and I are both kind of out on Tibbs. He's and and I, I see him tumbling down boards and, 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 and different ratings as, as time goes on. Um, who's your guy? Who's your guy? If, if Hutch is gone, that's the incredible hard part. So I, you know, Jeff kind of touched on this a little bit and, uh, It's hard because there isn't any position of need for the Lions that is high in this draft outside of defensive end, in my opinion. Uh, Like, obviously, if if he's the only option there, the Lions can't trade back. We don't need an offensive tackle. We don't want to draft a guy and have him play guard for a year. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. I don't necessarily want to reach for a linebacker or, you know, whatever. I definitely don't want to take another cornerback at two. Uh, I think you you are kind of stuck there. And at that point, I'm not going to be mad at anything because at that point, positional value is out the door. But if, if we take a safety over a defensive end, that's worthy of the number two pick. That's harder for me to swallow. That's that, that's the hard sell for me. Yeah. Now let me ask, cause this is, this is one of the things I was thinking about Hutchinson in last year's draft or in a typical draft. And this is one of the things that's really kind of scrambling my eggs this year is the top couple picks in the draft, there's nobody that's, you know, there's nobody that is that, is that consensus guy. There's no Matt Stafford. There's no um, Joey Lawrence, no Trevor Lawrence, right? <laughs> couldn't, couldn't resist. Hey, yo, um, yo, or whatever. Or, yo, yeah, yeah, I forget. <laughs> but there's, there's no just the guy, right? Hutchinson in a, in a regular draft, I think he falls down a little bit further, right? I don't think he's the number one, number two overall pick as a defensive end, as good as he is. Um, We've seen some some really good work out of him. The Ohio State game, though, he was schemed against. He's going. They're going to scheme against your number one defensive end in the NFL as well, right? Yep. And 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 they didn't make him look great in the run game. He's he's kind of about average, and I and I and I don't want to dog on him too much, right? But there's there's a couple. You know, he's got things where he maybe wouldn't be number two in another draft, whereas Kyle Hamilton is probably the top safety in the last five to. 10 drafts potentially. Um, and so I, while I understand positional value and, and you make great points and, and look, the Ebron pick is the one that stings, I think the most, but we can go through T's table or we can go through to Jelani to We can go through so many players that were just wrong values where we got them and how much that set the team back, how much we downgraded positions by doing that. Having Will Harris. So my kind of, and I, and no, you know, Will's a really nice guy, and, and I don't want to, you know, hit him on a, in a in a personal way, right? But having Will Harris as your safety means you have none. And I recognize that that Riz says, "Well, yeah, you just need two safeties. No, you need three. You have to have a backup. If Will Harris is your backup, fine, but you still you still need at least two top quality safeties. And if you get a guy like Hamilton, he can shut down half that field and the run. Where, um, you know, defensive end." God, he, he he can do the same thing differently, right? God dang it! You make a good point. You make a good point. I'm kind of you know, kind of playing both sides here, right? And, and if- yeah, and it's hard, you know. Like I'm getting 
blasted for being a politician <laughs> in, in chat. But I mean, honestly, we have to, there's a lot of things that we can't account for. Right. So as far as what we can see free agency, what we plan, what the Lions already basically have in place of who they're going to sign, who they've, um, I think, you know, they're definitely bringing in Williams. Um, and I, it wouldn't shock me if they brought in two guys. And honestly, Will Harris kind of came into his own a little bit when he was asked to do less as a deep safety and more as a, you know, slot corner. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you want out of your third safety is kind of a slot safety. I honestly, I'd have to go back and watch more tape, but Will Harris didn't play that bad the last three, four games of the season when he was forced in because all of our cornerbacks were dead or blind or, you know, had their legs shot off. Um, You know, like, I don't think it was that horrible. Uh, Obviously we don't want to play him at deep safety. That's not where he plays, but You know, going back to Risden, if if Hutchinson is gone, I would rather take Willis than a safety just by positional value. You can get a safety whenever if you're at that point and you don't like, you know, uh, his good hair haired friend was saying, what, what are the odds that you get the quarterback you want again? Good-haired Fred. Um, I, well, I would ask that of the Rams. Pretty high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and again, these guys are kind of from that Rams tree. Um, and I'm not, and I'm, I'll probably get crucified here. I'm not, uh, I'm not out on golf. I'm not. I think, I, I'm, I think there's something there with this guy. And, and if he can do it, great. I, I'd be more willing than Willis. And, and again, having seen him at Mobile, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, elevate my, my thinking on this, but having seen him at, uh, at, at mobile, he just, he didn't strike me as a guy that's going to do well on this lions team or the next lions team. I just, I don't feel great about having that number two pick not contribute on day one. Um, I, I'd it is, have Ritter Howell at the end of the first round, you know what I mean? As a developmental and a backup and, and, and go there. I mean, um, Howell had 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 a great arm. I mean, in 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 ways he reminded me of of Stafford's arm in Mobile. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked like what I saw there. Um, I could I could see okay, fine. We've got a you know a, a solid hundred percent backup, a guy that's not going to lose us games if Goff is out. A guy that potentially with the right kind of tutelage, right, could um could get us there and. Just to kind of peek ahead, or just to pull the other topic in, Mark Brunell said he could turn one of the three quarterbacks on his roster from the Senior Bowl into a Pro Bowler within three seasons. That's the case. If you can get him at thirty-two, what the heck? Let's see it. Let's see it. Get your guy that's going to make an impact. Whether it's Hutch, whether it's Hamilton, either one of those guys is going to make an impact day one for this team. And and that's the that's the good argument for your side of safety is that this team lacks playmakers. They basically have none. Yep. They basically have none and on defense anyway. And that's hard to overcome, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like opponent yards per play, the Lions had 5.9 yards per play as a defense, which is crazy. That yeah. That's the kind of stat you look at and you think, how did we win any games? <laughs> that That's a ludicrous stat. You know, you look at it's like we went together, set. Andy. That's what yeah, we, did. we held hands for the whole game and we did it. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at like sacks per game. The Lions had 1.8 sacks per game, which was 31st in the league. You know, that's a hard stat to overcome. Mm-hmm. So a playmaker at any position will help that. Um, it's just, you know, I guess what's more impactful, a pass deflection or a pressure? An interception. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, 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 and either one of those could lead to an interception, pressure or your 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 guy your Hamilton in the yep. in the secondary right one I mean, yeah the argument is always one helps the other the other does not help the other yeah, yeah. that was a horrible sentence no I can't believe that came out of my mouth but, but I understand it <laughs> <laughs> pressure helps safeties and I get good good coverage can help pressure but not when the rest of your team is. I feel like I feel like I'm in the mood of the air in the airplane. Don't worry, I speak marble mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I get it. I mean, can safety help pressure, and can pressure help safety? Right? I mean, is is where you're at with with that? Yeah, chicken and the egg situation. Yeah. And I, I kind of I really really like the idea. If I think about what we have at corners, if Okuda comes back, and I'm I'm really confident seeing how Cam Akers came back. Was he a superstar? No. Did he play like he was hurt or injured? No. Right. I mean, there's there was other reasons why Cam wasn't the Cam before the injury. I thought he looked great for coming back from an Achilles. That gave me so much hope about what we're going to see from Okuda and how much extra time he has compared to what Cam had to get his body together. Seeing the film of him uh, working out now, looking really good. Um, you get Okuda, you get Jerry coming back. You got our um, warrior. Uh, you've you've got some really nice looking pieces at the corner position. You get your safeties kind of locked up, and you kind of have that legion of boom, right? You you you. It's going to be hard to throw against those guys. If Aaron Rodgers leaves the division, you have quarterbacks that are going to be in deep trouble because all they can do is run at that point, and then and then it comes down to. Um, what do we have, right? As far as linebackers in the front, the front seven there, that's, that's where that all comes. That's why I was, I keep kind of like, if you grab Hamilton, you get your two defensive ends or a defensive end and a linebacker, 32, 34. And it feels like your, your defense was going to be pretty locked down at that point. I guess you could get a safety later and get Hutch first too, and do that. It's fine. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. <laughs> we'll all see. We'll see, and then we'll see what they do with their first uh, with their first picks in twenty twenty four in Detroit. And and what's beautiful about this is we we've now played both sides, so we can say, "See, we told you so." Right? <laughs> Isn't that the strategy anymore? Oh, I'm pumped for that. <laughs> I'm, I've already recorded the stream, and uh, I've already got a slow light of it uh, with me jumping up and down after Hutchinson's <laughs> first sack fumble touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there you go. All right, so why not Kyle Hamilton? That's a good argument. I I, I like I like the argument. Um, very sound. Other than the one sentence, it was it was cogent. I mean, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I I had a stroke, which I'm sure a lot of people are having to my picture right now. So that's right, that's right. All right, um, with that, don't forget about Amazon Podcast dot com. <laughs> You get your prime. You can see all your Sandman movies. I don't know if they're actually, they don't have that kind of movies, whatever. Anytime you go to Amazon, <laughs> you got to buy something from Amazon. If you start out at amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com, it'll send you right to Amazon. It, it won't look any different than if, if you went there, but it sets a little cookie and lets them know that we sent you and they give us a little cut. They take the money. It doesn't cost you anymore. They take money out of Bezos pocket and put it in ours. And we need to work hard to make sure that Bezos doesn't own a football team. So the more you purchase at Amazon using amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com, the better 
for the NFL. I mean, think about that. That's that's your task. Make the NFL a better place. Go to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All right. Uh, let's see. Killer breakdowns. We have some awesome player breakdowns coming. Um, this Friday will be the first. It will be of all people on Kyle Hamilton. And then on Monday, uh, we'll start talking Hutchinson and Tibbs. Um, some great breakdowns they're going to do. We're going to do. We're shooting for Friday and Monday, a new video on new players all the way up to the draft through the positions uh, that will be available and the players that will be available at the different points in the draft. If you want to get your research done and you want to do it in an enjoyable way, we've got Colin Hart at work right now and some really, really good insights in these players. Again, the first one drops on Friday and the next one after that on Monday. And we'll do Fridays and Mondays uh, going forward. Looks like there's some really, really good stuff coming your way. I've got the Hamilton one edited and ready. Good quality content. You guys are going to love it. So check that out. Make sure you hit the like on this thing and subscribe to the channel and hit the little bell to get notified when those go live. Great, great stuff coming up. Uh, Great player breakdowns. You will be ready, ready to go. For the draft, if you watch all this great content we've got coming. Woo. Oh, so how's the season ticket um, life? Anything that uh, people want to know about from the, <laughs> on the Lions side? Any reporting from uh, our, our, our number one man in the season ticket world? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so far, so good. Uh, you know, I think they're offering a little bit more this year. I think they heard. A lot of fans, you know, uh, I'm sure I complained about it on the program, but the game experience just wasn't good last year, not just because the team was bad, but because I think the stadium experience just wasn't good, Uh, whether that's due to COVID or not, who knows, Um, but hopefully it will be improved. They, uh, you know, they started out by giving some extra special experiences, and I don't know if every season ticket holder got that or if it was just the people that spend more more money like I do, like the chump I am. Um, but no, I'm excited. And hopefully, hopefully some of those special experiences I can share with you, Chris. We can go get some special tours of the Allen Park facility. We can get some special OTA practices and uh, see how that goes. Give me tingles all the way down to my toes. Oh, yeah, my bells are ringing. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Let's talk about some key dates as we like to do at uh, as we get rounding, winding up here. Um We've got the combine going through the seventh. It starts on TV tomorrow, right? Um, yes. When all yep. the events start, uh, Malik isn't running. Just there's, there's, there's. We'll see. Let's, let's see what's going on with that. Which is um, a weird choice. Yeah. A really, really weird choice. Yes. Yeah. If I'm, I, I feel like if I'm Malik and I'm that athletic and I'm that kind of player, I run just to, you know, the the whole thing. I'm going to put it on the table. Boom. Right. And and then there it is, everybody. Now it's something I'm proud of, and you're going to look at it. Um, the, 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 the choice not to is a little bit concerning. So we'll see what that means. Um, all right. So the, the combine is on through the seventh. We'll go through everything and cover, um, events next week for sure. We'll have our player breakdowns before that. The 16th is really the magic, the magic date. That's when the, the league year begins, player options, qualifying orders. You got to be under the salary cap for 2022 by before 4 p.m., on the 16th league year starts at four and the ter- trading period begins on March 16th at 4 PM. That's when it's, it's weird because last year at this time we knew the Stafford golf thing was going to happen, right? Yep. We already knew. And we we're just waiting for the date to click off. So we could say, okay, we check the box. We expected to check um, this year. The, the world's wide open, right? It doesn't seem like there's anything 
out there as far as what we're going to do other than speculation. And that's all we have. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so let's see. Um, Yeah, Leonore, the hopeful. Whose bad idea was that? His commitment is already being questioned. That's on uh, on Malik. And again, Malik having ha- him doing that when people are already questioning um, Tibbs and watching him fall. I I just don't know. I mean, is this a is this a strategy to fall to a better team? Is that what he's trying to do? I mean, there there is something to be said not to be drafted high. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's one of those things that I kind of get it. Uh, You know, that's kind of been the thing where quarterbacks want to say, hey, I'm not just a running guy. Stop looking at me just like that. But at the same time, you are a running guy and teams know that. And it's not a horrible thing to just put your number out there just to show your like show how athletic you are. In Mobile, you know, show your explosiveness. In Mobile, he went to the run. He look run, look run. I mean, that was it. Like he wanted to show off his running ability in those games. So it's it's interesting that he doesn't want to run at the at the combine. So March sixteenth is the big one. League meeting is the twenty seventh through the thirtieth. That'll be interesting to see. Um, oh, who was it? I forget who it was that put it out there about uh, ensuring possession for both teams in uh, overtime. So that, yep. that's an interesting one. I'm sure that'll be considered there. Off-season workouts begin April 4th for teams with new head coaches, which is meaningless to us. Finally, uh, April 18th, though, teams with returning head coaches will begin their off-season workouts. So April is where it's at. The draft is 28th through the 30th. And May 2nd is the option year, the fifth year option exercise deadline. Whew, a lot of stuff coming up. Um, you know, it, like the dead zone of the NFL, like came and went pretty quick. Yeah, I want to just reflect back. I mean, it's it's just March first, so like a year and two months ago, January first of twenty twenty one. Your fandom, maybe even December before before the firing, or you know after the firing, wherever, right around there, right? Mm-hmm. Think about where you were emotionally with this team. You know, what I mean, and I remember I remember asking. I mean, do you? buy season tickets i mean is this is is do you actually make that purchase sam is is it is this team worth and you're like i mean I, and i feel bad like making you question it like you know I, mean? I mean i like you didn't like you you just you know said something i had already been thinking about at that time you know it's it, it was rough it was really rough you know the the team didn't show any promise uh we had just gotten rid of arguably the best player the lions have had in the past 50 years um, or, you know, Stafford was going to leave. Um, it, it's amazing what a competent coaching staff can do for, as far as how I feel about a team. And I wasn't sure that this coaching staff was competent, but this last season in a weird way, it was not a good season. It was an awful season of football. Yep. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot that was like positive about what was happening. We had a ton of injuries. We didn't even really get to see our team as a whole. The offensive line that was had so much money and time and effort put into it crumbled before our eyes um, and still looked good, you know, at certain times. And it just, it was such a weird season in that way that you could see the promise. You could see the angle that the team was heading. But it, you, there was no fruit to pick yet, I guess is how I would put it. it, it yeah, it, it very much so. I mean, I compared to the year before when 
we had more talent on the team beyond just the quarterback position. We had more talent on the team the two years prior, even three years prior. Um, it, it, it trended downward when the Patricia, you know, Quintricia regime took took the reins, but it was better talent than we had last year. And it felt like, you know, we were having to decode where's the what's the plan and where where are we looking? Where can we find hope for this team? Right. Because it it, it was easy to be out on the team. But who wants to be who wants to be a fan of football? You know what I mean? In that way, who wants to be who wants to live like that? My God, acid (laughs) in your stomach all the time. Right. But I mean, it was it was hard to find the bright spots. It was hard to kind of decode what's the plan and how can this plan work? You know what I mean? And this last year, arguably with far less talent, um, a, a worse record, and 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 from you know from a, a numbers perspective, except the run game, you know, arguably worse than any of those other teams, it was so much better football to watch, to be a part of, yep. and and I know the the in stadium experience. I mean. My in-stadium experience was a loss at SoFi, but it was SoFi, right? And, yeah. and our first win over Minnesota with you. And it was, I mean, my, my stadium experience was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, that piece aside, what an incredible, what an incredible shift. I mean, in your connection to the team and, and, and as a fan and, and watching and, and, and rooting for your team, it, it, it was, it's just, I, I still haven't figured it out and I, I still can't articulate why. I, I mean, you said it so perfectly about the former regime, about being touched in your fandom. There is no better way to articulate what they did to yep. fans of this team and, and how they affected them. But why was it that this year was so much better? And that's what I can't figure out. I mean, from a, from a fan perspective of watching the team, we didn't get the wins. We lost for a long time. It, it was Don. It was fun to watch. All but three games were fun to watch. Absolutely, we were in them. I mean, yep. the stuff that Campbell pulled out, right? The, the crazy Dan, Riverboat Dan. I don't know. What, <laughs> he's got a million nicknames, but I don't know. Yeah, heck of a you game. know, it, it, the, I, I guess I would equate it to like somebody with an iron deficiency doesn't know that they have an iron deficiency, but once they get the iron and they realize how much better they feel, I feel like. Football became fun again, and it's hard to equate why, and it's hard to say how, especially when your team is missing Stafford, and Stafford was the whole reason this team was fun for a long time. Um, yeah. But just, yeah, you're, you miss it until it's back. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then next year it's going to be, if they have another bad year, God forbid, it'll be, what the heck? You know, yeah. <laughs> we'll forget about the the uptick that we had from you know what I mean. It's like when your back hurts, yep. you like you don't you you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And in this case, it was kind of the the reverse of that. You don't know how good it is to not have your back hurt until your back hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ramon, the new age. He said he he did it in one word: expectations. Yep. He, it, it's interesting because we started the season saying, look, this is a three win team, maybe five at the tops, right? This is going to be a tough year, but it's going to be fun football to watch. I mean, that's really how we kind of set up the season week after week. We talked about that and by week nine, right? I was really getting this sense of like, Oh man, people are off the rails. They're not feeling it. I mean, they're still enjoying and and still watching and still engaged in football, but 
it, it's starting to lose the the fun piece, right? They just want the W. It was such a weight on people's shoulders. And I was like, we kind of expected this, guys. Remember, we, we kind of said that this was going to be the case. And then I think the win, when we got that win against Minnesota, I know for me, the drive home, I did that video. I mean, the celebration we had, I, I, had, didn't, I lost my voice was affected for over a week. It was so post-coital. It was so refractory period. It was, but for like days, the feeling, the sense of just pure relief. It's incredible. It was incredible what that win did for my my spirits and psyche. Yeah, I, I can't. It's nuts. It's nuts. I, and I got to spend it with you, man. <laughs> it was a great weekend. It was. It, it was. It was. All right. Well, we've done a we've done it the long way here today. Uh, Sam, man, it's always great to have you on, brother. I love love hanging and chatting. Oh, absolutely. It's always a pleasure to be on. Uh, all right. Well, don't really forget, we're, we're really, it's, all, it's always great to have you on. You know that. Um, <laughs> we're really, really trying to get to that, that 4K stream. If you guys can help us out, Super Chat, or you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. In return, you get access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet, the Slack chat, and particularly in the offseason. It's great. $5 minimum to get into the Slack. We made some changes just because that barrier means something and it helps ensure that it is the most intelligent chat. And um, <laughs> it, it, it is, it is the the best part. I mean, I mean just some of the information we were saving around how to, you don't have to pay some of your subscriptions to certain websites because there's a way to get there for free. Uh, great, great stuff in that slack beyond just the football talk. There's gambling, there's barbecue, there's beer, mock draft. We have all kinds of different channels. You get access to all kinds of great co- basketball, college basketball, hockey. I mean, you name it. It's all in there. Uh, different channels, great topics, great people to talk with. You guys will love it. If you get in patreon.com slash Detroit lions podcast, Get there, support us, help us get to our 4K journey. Also, follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, and at Sandman7773. That's three sevens and a three. Luckiest, <laughs> luckiest you're ever going to find. All right, give us a call on Skype. It's Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word. Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Why would they do that, Sam? To get the what? <laughs> so the week- I wasn't ready. I was I, I was I relaxing. Ready. I wasn't ready. I, I wasn't ready. I was just sitting there. I'm like, man, Chris is really good at this. He nails this. He nails this. It's like Michael Jordan running to the hoop, jumps up for the slam dunk. You're just standing there ready to watch some magic happen. And all of a sudden he bounce passes it into your gut. You're not ready for that. <laughs> you shoot the three, you hit the side of the backboard. You look like an idiot. No one remembers you. You're benched. That's where I'm at right now. What the hell? I know I have a basketball sized fucking bruise on my tummy. But it's from- covered up <laughs> just from this angle. You're okay. <laughs> by a couple other basketballs. <laughs> my brain was half off <laughs> I was thinking about dinner <laughs> oh be sure to go to TradeLionsPodcast.com subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your ears automatically, automatically. there yeah see I'm, I, I know I'm there I can make the shot I just wasn't ready I still had my warm ups on I'm not even in tennies <laughs> I've still got the slack shoes on. I'm wearing a sweater. 
Good lord, man. Oh, I'm not making a half court shot with no with no warm up. Holy crap. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. We're gonna see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. I love you, Andy. Later. <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.